Season 1, Episode 23. I have to start by telling you that today's podcast episode is not what I had originally planned to be talking about. I want to look at a current issue that happened from a youth development perspective. Now, I promise I'm not going to get political here. Because let's be honest, when we are talking about youth and youth ministry, our focus really needs to be about the development of young people. But as I watched this current event start to unfold, I was reminded about the impact that judgment can have on our young people. And that's what we are going to focus on. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about judgment and the impact it can have on our young people. I want to do this by looking at the 2021 Summer Olympics in Japan. These Olympics are like no other. They are closed to audiences because of the ramifications of COVID. Athletes are tested daily for the virus, and they are limited to where they can go and how they can connect and interact with others. With all these differences and the nuances of how things need to happen, this Olympics is looking so different. And of course, there are opinions or judgments that abound. But today I want to focus on what judgment looks like when it is zeroed in on one person. If you follow gymnastics at all, you will recognize the name Simone Biles. And even if you don't follow gymnastics, you've probably heard her name. She is an amazing gold medalist in Olympian. She withdrew from the team competition after a vault. In our world of immediate access to media, of course, there were speculations and assumptions that immediately began before Simone even had a chance to speak for herself. Not surprisingly, judgment started to follow. In fact, as I sifted through articles and announcements to see why she had stepped out of the competition, I quickly realized that there was an immediate divide. Two camps had already emerged pro-Simone and anti-Simone. As I continued to search, I found her words. I have to put my pride aside. I have to do what's right for me and focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my health and well-being. That's why I decided to take a step back. Those are her words, her truth. Yet I watch people make judgments about her choice. Pro-Simone sentiment says she shined a light on mental health. She was right to do what she did. In anti-Simone sentiment says she was weak, she was selfish. And whichever side was weighing in, what happened next just broke my heart further. People continued making speculations about her choice being connected to abuse she had experienced for years at the hand of her team doctor. Some also speculated that since she wasn't scoring as well as she should be, she chose to step out. Her choice to step out did not need to be explained or even if indeed it was related to the trauma of abuse, it did not need to be validated by others by the world. But judgment came nonetheless. That's when it hit me. 
This 24-year-old woman made a choice for herself, and everyone around her was trying to report her truth. While I am sure that more details will continue to emerge, I am also sure that some people will just stay divided. But the truth is, she doesn't owe anyone an explanation, and she certainly did not deserve the judgment that she has faced. And of course, as I usually do, I walk away from situations asking myself, how would this play out with young people? I realize that she is an international athlete and star, and she is constantly in a media spotlight that normal people like myself or you don't understand. But regardless of who we are, we can all face judgment. Yes, I immediately took this larger-than-life media story and brought it down to a very local, personal level. And these are the questions that stuck out for me. What happens to young people when we make judgments about them and their decisions? What happens when they are questioned or told that they are wrong? How can judgment derail relationships? How does judgment impact a young person's positive development? And how do young people face judgment and continue to move forward? We are going to spend the remaining time here today looking at what happens when we judge young people and some strategies that we can use to combat that judgment. It might be your own child or a tween or a teen that you are working with. We can and do often make judgments, even if that is not our intention. First, when we judge young people, we are attacking the relationship that we have with them. We are putting a divide in there that we do not want to exist. Just think about it. When someone judges you, how much do you want to connect with that person? How easy is it for you to trust that you are safe with that person? Intentional or not, relationships are affected when judgment comes into play. Second, when we judge, we are attacking the identity, the character of a person, not their behavior. In episode 22, we talked about separating behaviors and disappointment from the identity of a young person. Well, when we judge, we are not separating these things. Rather, we are honing in on a fault or on an error and specifically honing in on the person that did those things. When that is our focus, we are in fact limiting our ability to see the possibility and the potential that exists in that young person. And when we do that, we know that this is going to impact a young person's development because they're going to question themselves and who they are. Third, judgment actually puts ourselves in a position of power over another person. It says, I am better, or I never would have made that decision without our even knowing the intricacies of why a decision or a behavior was done. In that position of power, we can find ourselves shaming another person and causing unnecessary hurt. Again, that will impact the development of a young person. Fourth, judgment steals the voice and truth of a young person. When we judge, we start to write or rewrite their story. And what I know about working with youth is that they're not always ready to share their voice. So when we judge, we've taken away an opportunity to encourage them to use their voice to speak for themselves. And when we start to tell their story from our own perspective, as we believe it to be, we are most likely planting seeds of doubt and insecurity in our young people. By now, you are probably saying, I get it. I already understood. Judgment is bad. 
I know it can harm my relationship with young people. I know judgment can interfere with their development. When we look at this all from a positive youth development approach, we do see that it will have a negative impact on developmental outcomes. If you are new to this podcast, episodes 7 through 20, I walked us through the 12 key developmental outcomes and why they matter for young people. When we judge young people, it negatively impacts their sense of safety, their self-worth, their mastery and future, their belonging and membership, and their mental health. When young people are judged by us, they don't feel safe with us. They may lose trust in us and close themselves off to sharing anything. This also impacts their ability to feel like they belong, like they matter to you as a caring adult. Their self-worth and mental health can also be affected as they start to doubt themselves or believe that they are less than someone else. Once we start chipping away at their view of themselves, of their identity, it can be hard to rebuild that self-worth. Judgment also can make a young person question their ability to be successful in the future if they feel like they should have known better, they should have done better, and if they feel like they failed. When you think about how this developmental process is occurring for young people throughout these adolescent years, a part of that is also growing their own faith and their ability to truly understand what they believe. And when they are questioning their self-worth, who they are, the mistakes they've made, that, in effect, can also push them one step further away from Jesus. Now, before I start sharing strategies with you, I do want to mention that there is a difference between judgment and accountability. Judgment, again, focuses in on the person and placing them in a position lower than you. Accountability is when we approach young people with the desire to help them grow. Accountability is connected to our youth development approach. And with accountability, our intention is to build the young person up while helping them follow through with taking responsibility and making healthy choices for themselves. But today we're talking about judgment. So let's look at three strategies that you can use to help you combat judgment. Strategy one, become aware of your tendency to judge. I believe that we all judge people and we can all be critical of other people at one point or another. The key here is becoming aware of your own tendencies or your own patterns in judgment. When we are in tune with these behaviors and in tune with our reactions, we can work to catch ourselves and move away from judgment. I have found that asking God for clarity in situations like this is extremely helpful. Specifically, ask God to convict your heart when you start to judge others. If you do this, be prepared for God to answer your prayer and to become uncomfortable as you get clarity. And as you pray for clarity, ask God for the ability to shift this tendency or habit in you. Strategy two, accept that you are not owed an explanation. I think sometimes we catch ourselves judging others when we feel that we are entitled to something or we are owed more from someone. Have you ever found yourself thinking, I have done so much for this young person, they shouldn't have done that. When we judge, sometimes we make things about ourselves and not about the action or the behavior. When young people feel like you expect something from them or that you are holding something over their head that they owe you something, they are most likely to disconnect and not believe that you care about them. And the hard truth here, if a young person makes a mistake, you really are not owed a full explanation of why they did something. 
Is it helpful or is it good for you to know their why? Yes, but we need to remember that it is the young person's choice to share it and when to share it. And sometimes young people don't want to talk to you about it because they don't want to be judged or because they really don't know. Side note here, as a parent, one of my least favorite things when my children were little and I would ask why they did something was to receive the answer, I don't know. I mean, when you're staring directly into the eyes of a four-year-old who is about to break you, it's hard to believe that they don't know why they did something, especially if they offer a smirk in your direction. And even as a parent to a teenager and to an adult child, sometimes I can get so tied up in the belief that they are just refusing to tell me why, when that may not be it at all. But here's what I've learned in working with youth and raising my own teenagers. Sometimes that answer, I don't know, is just that. It's the answer. And sometimes I don't know is their way of saying, I'm embarrassed and I don't want to talk about it. Other times, I don't know means I really can't put it into words. And sometimes the I don't know is really their way of asking, do you still love me? Do you still see good in me? When we can accept that we are not owed an explanation, it will help us to stop judging others and really move closer to compassion. Because when we demand an answer, that signals that we have more power over another person. And power is connected to judgment. Strategy three, lead with love. Leading with love means our first reaction is going to be compassion and care rather than judgment and criticism. It means we are creating a space for youth to be able to be loved regardless of the things that they do. It means that we see young people for who they are and who they can become, not just what they have said or done. And when we lead with love, we are less likely to judge and more likely to show Jesus to our young people. As a youth worker, as a parent, as a caring adult, when you can create an environment that avoids judgment, you are actually creating a safe space for young people. You are creating an environment where trust can grow and your relationships can grow as well. And in the end, isn't that what youth work is really about? Creating ways for young people to grow? Just think about it. The more we can model Jesus and his love for others, the more attractive a relationship with him will be for young people. For them to know how Jesus met sinners, people who had made poor choices, is important. Think about the woman at the well, the woman who touched his cloak, Zacchaeus, the tax collectors, the sinners. Jesus dined with these people. Jesus showed kindness to them. Jesus saw possibility and good in them. Jesus did not judge them. He led with love. Those are three strategies that can be used to help us combat any tendencies we have towards judging others. We've talked about judgment and how it can negatively impact our relationship with young people and their development. And I've talked about the importance of using Jesus as our model. Now, if you've been tuning in on a regular basis to this podcast, you know the drill. I'm going to ask you to take some time to reflect on how you are engaging with the young people in your life. All caring adults benefit when we are more aware of how we interact with young people. Whether you look at this from the perspective of being a youth worker or the perspective of being a parent or both, it really doesn't matter. Here are the questions I want you to think about throughout this next week. When have I judged young people? 
How has my judgment impacted them? How has my judgment impacted their development? In what ways has my judgment held young people back? Has my judgment made them question their own truth? Has my judgment silenced that young person? As you look at your responses and you think about those things throughout this next week, I want you then to ask yourself one last question. What things can I do differently in the future to connect better, to avoid judgment, and to model Jesus to my young people? Well, I've given you your homework assignment, so that wraps up our episode today. Join me next time when we will continue to look at the connection between youth development and youth ministry. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.